Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Well, I was once trying to share the gospel with a teenage girl, and she says to me, well, I think I know you're right, and I will convert to Christ someday, but first I want to have fun in life, and then later I'll probably come to Christ. And I said, you've made two mistakes. Number one, you think you can control the day of your death? You might die instantly in a car accident, then you don't have time to repent. And I said, your second mistake is, you've got this notion that following the devil is fun and following Jesus is a drag. And I said, you know, here's what can happen if you follow Satan. You get uh, sexually transmitted diseases and unwanted pregnancies and emotional scars and maybe you drink and you get cirrhosis of the liver or addiction and, and I just listed and then I said at the end of it you get to go to hell for eternity I didn't convince her but what I want to do for this show is the opposite of what I did with her I, I told her the blessings of following the devil I want to talk with us today about the blessings six great blessings of following Christ. Would you take out your Bible, turn with me to Titus chapter 2, and I'm going to show you the six great blessings we get by following Christ. Let's pray first. Father, we pray for that teenage girl that she will come to Christ before it's too late. We pray that for everyone watching this show. And Lord, open our ears now to the blessings that you have provided for us through Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Titus chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writes this to Titus, starting at verse 6. For, Titus chapter 2, starting at verse 11, I'm sorry. For the grace of God has appeared. Jesus in that verse is referred to as the grace of God. The first thing we get by following Christ, we get grace. So I remember my niece was going through her Lutheran confirmation class when she was 13 years old. And so I said to her, so Sally, what are you learning right now? Oh, we're, we're learning the Ten Commandments. And I said, Sally, can you get to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments? And she said, yes, the way you get to heaven is by being good and by keeping the Ten Commandments. And I said, no, you don't. We break the commandments and thought we're indeed more than we keep him. And, and the only way we get into heaven is by Jesus dying on the cross for the sins we've committed under the Ten Commandments. In other words, we're saved by grace, not by our good works. Years ago, I had hair. And I had a Catholic barber. And I'd go to him regularly to get my hair cut. And one day, he and I got into it. And uh, he's telling me that, yeah, it doesn't matter what religion you are, as long as you lead a good life, you'll go to heaven. I said, no, none of us lead. Jesus said, no one is good. We don't lead a good life. We need a Savior. The only way we're saved is by God's grace, by Christ's death on the cross. And then he agreed with that. So I, I think he was just confused. But I think a lot of people are confused on this. You can't save you. You've got to give up on that and let Jesus on the cross save you. 
Story goes that one day a boy was drowning in the ocean and his mother is frantic. She can't swim, runs up to the lifeguard, go in and save my boy. Lifeguard looks out and the boy's going like this and the lifeguard just stands there. And the mother says, go save my boy. And, and finally, when the boy started, stopped thrashing, the lifeguard went out, got him, rescued him, brought him back fine. And the mother was mad. Why didn't you go out when I told you to? And he said, Madam, I've been a lifeguard a number of years. I have learned if I try to save him while he's trying to save himself, we'll both go down. But if I wait till he kind of gives up, then I can save him. My question for you is, are you still trying to save yourself by your own goodness? Give up. It's only when you trust Christ to save you. That's called the grace of God that saves us. I got a letter from a Catholic lady that supports our TV show. She likes our show. And I had told you on a prior program that a, a, a little boy asked the Pope, what about my unbelieving father? He died. Will I see him again? He, he had all of his kids baptized in the Catholic Church, but he didn't believe any of it. Pope, will I see my father again? And the Pope's response was, your father was a good man. You'll see him again. And I preached on this show how tragic that is. Well, this Catholic lady, who I think agrees with me, um, sent me this from her Catholic newspaper. This is a column written by Father Kenneth Doyle. And this woman asked the question, isn't it true it's only by acceptance of Jesus' redemptive work that we are saved, not by what the Pope said? Here's the tragic response from Father Doyle. Technically, I suppose you are right. But I would have to answer the same way the Pope did. I believe that most people are going to wind up in heaven. Otherwise, why would a loving God create billions of people? In my mind, the odds are that the boy's father, especially since he was a good man, is now in heaven or on his way there, and the boy can reasonably speak to his father and even pray to him. I disagree with your contention that a person must have conscious faith in Christ uh, for salvation. And then he quotes the Catechism of the Catholic Church to support his view. This is why we had what's called the Protestant Reformation, when Luther the monk is reading Romans chapter 1 and rediscovers a truth that had been lost, that you're not saved by your good works, hallelujah, because you don't have many. We're saved only by the grace of God. And uh, first thing you get by following Jesus is grace. Second thing we get, look at verse 11, Titus 2 verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Second thing we get by following Jesus, we get salvation. You know what salvation means? Anybody ever said to you, brother, are you saved? What does it mean to be saved and have salvation? Well, I want you to listen to this. Four years after the Titanic sunk, a young Scotsman stood up at a meeting in Hamilton, Canada and said, I am a survivor of the Titanic. When I was drifting alone on a plank on that awful night, the tide brought a Mr. John Harper of Glasgow, Scotland, on a piece of the wreck near me. Man, he said, are you saved? No, I said, I am not. He replied, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The waves bore him away, but strange to say they brought him back even nearer now. He said again, are you saved now? No, I said, I cannot honestly say that I am. 
He said again, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Shortly thereafter he went down, and there alone in the night, with two miles of water underneath me, I believed. I am John Harper's last convert. To be saved means you're putting your trust in Jesus and his grace, not in yourself for your salvation. W.C. Fields, the famous comedian, was known for being a very heavy drinker and not a religious man. In his last days, a friend visited W.C. Fields and found W.C. Fields with an open Bible before him. And his friend said, Bill, <laughs> what are you doing? I've never seen you reading the Bible. What are you doing? And W.C. Fields said, looking for loopholes. <laughs> There's only one loophole. There's only one way out of our sin and our deserving of hell. It's the cross of Christ. Are you saved? Next blessing from following Christ, verse 12, Titus 2.12. The grace of God brings us salvation, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. The next thing we get by following Christ, we get a new life. We, we don't have to live like the rest of this age is living. I've been a pastor many years now, and I've heard the most wonderful stories from all my different people about what they were like B.C., and now how God has changed their heart and turned them around. There was a, an Italian woman whose husband accepted Christ and joined a Bible-believing church, and somebody said to the Italian woman, is it true your husband changed his religion? And she said, no, but his religion now is sure changing him. <laughs> we get a new life when we follow Christ. Daniker was a famous French sculptor in the early 1800s. He was famous for taking a block of marble and, and making it a beautiful Greek goddess. Later in life, he carved his masterpiece, a portrait of Christ. Napoleon wrote to Daniker saying, uh, come to uh, Paris, I want you to sculpt another goddess for the Louvre. And Daniker said, sir, the hands that have carved the Christ can never again carve a heathen goddess. Daniker had a new purpose in life. And there's a saying about Christians. I'm not now yet what I should be. I'm not now yet what I will be. But praise the Lord, I ain't what I was. <laughs> we get a new life when we come to Christ. Next blessing of, of, of following Christ is verse 13. We are looking for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Next thing we get for following Christ, we get something to look forward to, the second coming. My mom has been dead a number of years now, but when mom was 80 years old, all of her family original family was dead. Grandma and grandpa, both of her sisters. It was just mom from her original family. So I took home the, the slides. I, I inherited all the slides of us as kids and grandma and grandpa and all this stuff. And I thought, you know, maybe mom and I should look at the old slides. And we did, and I'm glad we did, but it was so depressing. Almost everybody was dead. 
And now as I'm getting older, it's just kind of hard to see people drop off. But you know what? Even if you're 99 years old watching this show, we've, as Christians, we've always got something to look forward to. It's the second coming of Christ. And remember, Christians, we are not waiting for the undertaker. We're waiting for the uptaker, the Lord Jesus. Christopher Columbus was a devout Catholic. He wrote a book entitled The Brook of Prophecies. Uh, Columbus, in the book, prophesied that the world was going to end in 1656. Quote, there is no doubt that the world must end in 156 years. Now, Columbus was wrong, <laughs> but he was doing what Christians have been doing for 2,000 years and something we should do, looking forward to the second coming of Christ at the end of time. Next benefit we get from following Christ, verse 14. Christ gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. Here is the, the, the word redeem in verse 14 means to pay a price to set a slave free. So here's the next thing we get by following Christ. We aren't slaves anymore. When Jesus died on the cross, he broke the power of sin. We're not slaves to sin anymore. Christians still do sin, but we're not slaves to it. There's a story that one night at a church, a former drunkard got up, and he was giving his testimony how God saved him out of a life of alcoholism. There was a heckler in the crowd that night. And while he's giving his testimony, he starts yelling to the stage, you're dreaming. Your Christianity is an illusion. You're dreaming. And suddenly the heckler felt a tug on his sport coat. And here's a little girl. Mister, if he's dreaming, don't wake him up. That's my daddy. We like him so much better now. <laughs> Meaning, a big blessing we get from the Christian life is we're not slaves to sin anymore. And again, yes, Christians still do sin. When we sin, uh, when the world sins, it's kind of because they have to. They're enslaved to it. But when a Christian sins, it's not because we have to. It's because we choose to. <laughs> that makes things even worse. But, but here's the deal. The, the blessing is this. When a Christian sins, we can go to God, ask his forgiveness, and get up again and move on. That's the blessing of the Christian life. The world just kind of has to live in it. <laughs> All right. Let's look at the last blessing, verse 14. He redeems us to purify for himself a people of his own possession, zealous for good deeds. That verse teaches we are now the people of God. So here's the last blessing. We get a new identity. Somebody asks you, who are you? Don't tell them your name. Don't say I'm a plumber or a secretary. Say, I'm a child of God now. I've got a new identity. I used to be a child of the devil, but now through Christ, I'm a child of God. <laughs> um, there was a story of, of an atheist that was lecturing to a group and he was, he was making fun of the creation story and he, took, he said, imagine this, that God takes a lump of mud, breathes into it and creates a man. What a joke. Well, uh, a man stands up and says, sir, I, I won't argue with you about creation, but there was a piece of mud in this town that God breathed into and made him a whole new, different human being. And he said, sir, I was that piece of mud. How do you explain me? 
<laughs> and what the guy was doing is he's explaining, we've got a new identity in Christ. And what I want to ask you to do, tomorrow morning when you wake up, put on your new identity of who you are in Christ. You are dressed in the righteousness of Christ. Imagine yourself wearing a white tuxedo. Claim your new identity and go out the door. But if you wake up and think of your old identity, that I'm a dirty sinner and I'm dressed in rags, well, then you'll probably go out and play in the mud more. But if you claim your new identity, you're going to be a lot slower to go out and play in the mud. I have learned from my life, when I am claiming my new identity in Christ, I do well, I have victory. When I start to doubt my new identity and start to believe the lies of my old identity, that's when I can get messed up. So, let's just review. What are the blessings of following Christ. Number one, we get grace. Number two, we get salvation. Number three, we get a new life. Number four, we get something to look forward to, the second coming. Number five, we aren't slaves anymore. We still sin, but we're not enslaved like the world. And, and lastly, we get a new identity. Now, the last thing I want to do is to show you a little video and then Jackie and I will come back for question and answer time. But would you watch this video about two Muslim men who got a new identity in Christ? Here we go. حتی مثلا از سن 4 پنج سالگی شروع کردم نماز رو یاد گرفتن و مثلا قبل از اینکه وارد مدرسه بشم سوره های قرآن رو حفظ میکردم دین هستن اینا خیلی شستشون مغزی ما رو میکردن و اگرم یه همچین چیزی میشنیدم خوشحال میشدم ولی همیشه به ما میگفتن حتی اگر یه مسیحی رو بکشیم وارد بهشت میشیم و برای همین بیشتر تلاش میکردم که قانونای مذهب رو دقیق تر انجام بدم فکر میکردم وضوع اشتباه گرفتم دوباره هی میرفتم وضوع میگرفتم شاید این مثلا برای یه نماز ده بار تکرار میشد که من میرفتم وضوع میگرفتم و برمیگشتم و مریضی روحی هم که گرفتم افسرده وحشتناکم بودم احساس کردم که هیچ وقت به خدا نرسیدم و مامانم تو حالت مرگ بود خیلی هم بابسته بودم به مامانم و گفتم که من خودم رو میکشم اگه اجازه ندید تو خونه این کار بکنم بیرون از خونه خود کشم تو و گفتم باشه اگر دوست داری با هم خودکشی کنی Brothers and sisters, I'm with you tonight. The Lord has a special message for you tonight. If you're hopeless, if you're oppressed, if you're planning to commit suicide, the Lord says stop. He has a hope and a future for you. If you're planning to kill yourself, stop and call me. و برای نیم ساعت با کشورم صحبت کرد. کاری که کردم انجام میدم و اگر تو بخوای پشیمون بشی من خودم تنها این کار میکنم. 
وقتی که رفتم توی اتاق دیدم مامانم داره دعای تو برام میکنه و خیلی عصبانی شدم به من ندیا نه شوهش میگه ای میخوام با شرف بزنم بلام دیگه ای میخوام قط کن بینم چی داره خدا فردینا چی میخوام نلچ بازی نکن قط کن خجالت بکش خورمز مگه کیه بلام کن کیش کیه ولی ولی شما گفتین اگه کسی Hello. When I talked to her, she was cold. She was fighting, and she told me very proudly, "I'm going to kill myself, and your Jesus cannot do anything for me." After about an hour of argument with her, uh, and I couldn't change her mind. You said it yourself. Allah has done nothing for you. Give Jesus just one chance. You can always kill yourself next week. وقتی که این فکر اومد توی سرم گفتم این بهترین راهی که یه بار دیگه تا آخرین لحظه مرگم به الله خدمت کنم. She was thinking, okay, I pray, and next week this time Jesus had not done anything for me. I call uh, live on the air and I tell everybody, look, I tried Jesus for a week and nothing has changed, and I'm going to kill myself tonight, and I would do it on the air. و بعد از یک هفته که خودکشی میکنم حداقلش اینه که وقتی به حضور خدا میرم میگم آخرین کارم هم برای تو انجام دادم فردا صبحش که از خواب بیدار شدم ساعت به بحث نیمه شب بود که از خواب بیدار شدم دیدم و دیدم که مامانم خیلی راحت داره تو خونه راه میره و دیگه اونطوری نیست که تعادل نداشته باشه یا دستش رو جایی بگیره گفتم ما باید سریع بریم بیمارستان و وقتی که جواب رو سریع گرفتیم دکتر گفتش که فقط میتونم بگم یه موجزه شده چون هیچ اثری از بیماری ام اس نیست چجوری میشیم؟ شما خودتون گفتین که اینشون ترمینال داشت میمون؟ این فقط میمون. خانم یه موجزه است و به یه امام دعا کردین شما کجا نشون دادین؟ خانم این شب یک موجزه است این یک موجزه است ما اصلا به هیچ امامی دعا نکردیم به عیسی مسیح دعا کردیم
So everybody, pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Iraq, Iran, Pakistan, Indonesia. And if you're watching this show and you're suicidal, no matter what religion you are, come to Christ and he will give you a new identity, a reason to live. Jackie, what's our first question today? No, actually, Jackie was saying during the break, you were raised in a Lutheran church, and give them what you learned is the definition of grace. My confirmation pastor taught us that grace was defined as God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E, grace. There and you I go. taught that that stuck with me since I was 14 years old. <laughs> oh, there you go. Good, good. Well, what do we got here? What's the next question? Well, which religions do teach salvation by grace? You know, all world religions are salvation by works. You, you pray enough to Allah, you might get saved. You do enough good karma, you might become higher order in your next life when you come back to work. You know, um, Hindus believe that you come back to life to, er to earth many times, sometimes maybe as a cow, as a person or whatever. These, the religion of salvation by grace is the Christian faith, that we're saved not by what we do, but by what Christ did for us. Now, there's a form of Buddhism called Mahayana Buddhism that I've been told also teaches grace, but they don't teach salvation through the grace of Christ, of course. So, Well, can you explain the past, present, and future tenses of salvation? Yeah. Or I, aren't there? No, there, I, I think people will be helped by this. This sure helped me. Um, I was saved. I am being saved. I will be saved. Let me explain that. I was saved refers to what's called justification, when God on the cross justified me and declared me not guilty of my sins because of Christ. Justified means God declares me not guilty. It's a past tense. I was saved from sin's uh, penalty. Present tense, I am being saved. It's called sanctification, the work of the Holy Spirit cleaning us up. I am being saved by, from sin's power, and then future tense, I will be saved, the glorification at the end of time, I'll be saved from sin's presence, and I won't even be around it anymore. So that's, that's salvation. Well, we want to thank you for being with us this week, and we pray that God will be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.